Welcome back to another episode of Acting Out. I'm your host, Kirsten. Joining me today is Tracy. Tracy, thank you so much for being here. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you for having me. Of course. So you are, you're based in New Brunswick as well, right? Yes, I'm based in St. John, New Brunswick. Okay, I'm in, uh, I'm just outside of Moncton in a town called Salisbury. Yes, yes. I've probably driven through there. Um, I went to Acadia University when I was younger and we used to do that drive around. <laughs> it's it's beautiful out here. Oh. I'm 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 originally from Ontario, so New Brunswick is just it's a fresh new experience for me. Yeah, it would definitely be quite a new experience. I lived in Edmonton, Alberta for 13 years and the the differences are are, are as you drive across this country are just absolutely amazing. Like Ontario is a its own complete unique place, but our our country's just amazing when you drive across it. And I don't think you realize it until you take that drive. You you kind of take for granted a little bit. And then you see all the beautiful scenery that it has to offer. And it's just, it's amazing. Yeah, it 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 is. I I I didn't really appreciate the country until I was living out there and driving back every few summers just to visit family. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. So let's dive into it. When did you initially start getting into acting? Um, when I, did I, you know, I've probably always been when I was well, I would dabble in it a lot. I, I started probably with like, when I was five, I went to kindergarten mm-hmm. and kindergarten wasn't a required thing in New Brunswick at the time. And what ended up happening is we had our kindergarten recital at the end of the year. And I was like in every third thing. <laughs> So, including I did my own little solo for um, for uh, Playmate, this little song Playmate. And yeah, you you put a stage in front of me. I was going to get up on it. You put a camera in front of me. I was going to ham it up in front of a camera. It just it was always a thing with me. (laughs) Oh, that's so sweet. What what kind of you what inspired you to return to it? Um, Well, when I moved back, I have friends who were part of the film co-op and I was trying, you know, when I got back, I was trying to reconnect with people. And one of my friends who I was reconnecting with was making this uh, film called um, Reprobate Road. Uh, it was part, it was, uh, had gone, come out of this web series okay. that he had. And, um, and it was, it was just a little walk on role but it was me sort of stepping back into this love I had had that I had left um, mm-hmm. mostly. It, when, it, when I was in university, I, I, I dabbled for a little, but I just sort of had to walk away between um, studying. I studied computer science, which is a hard degree to study and family. And my ex's fam had three kids and they were, um, they, they, they were a challenge in bringing up yeah. and then his, his own mental health concerns and just, and, and I was ill and it just, those things just sort of got in the way of me doing things. And with acting, you have to be a reliable person. You have to know from one day to the next that you're going to be able to show up on set and you can work whatever's required. And I didn't have that. I didn't know from week to week 
if I was going to be well next week. And when you have a chronic illness, it's to, to show, to, to plan ahead, uh, even a week in advance was just beyond my ability at one point and just had to walk away. So came back to it. Um, I ended up uh, just outside of the acting thing. I ended up divorced um, mm-hmm. just before COVID, actually the week before COVID when we decided to get divorced. And then just started coming out and doing things and just returning to the acting thing, returning to the performing thing and just really going back to those passions I had before. And, and I suddenly had all this energy to throw at them. So, yeah, yeah, I, I would, I'm not the sit around and um, get too sad about it. It's like being sad is a lot of hard work and it's not a lot of fun. So that's very true. Have fun. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so you kind of, you're doing dinner theater right now and you mentioned yes. that you're doing um, voice work in a YouTube cartoon series. Tell me yeah. a little bit about that. Okay. Well, um, the dinner theater I'm doing is the local dinner theater. It's the Phoenix um, uh, on Xmas Street. It's a lot of fun. And we do have a new show coming up called Once Upon a Silent Night. And that's going to be our Christmas show. Oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah, and we just finished up uh, Nightmare on Xmas Street, which was our Halloween show. And uh, it's it's uh, basically farce, um, mm-hmm. as some dinner theater is. And it, it, it's a lot of fun. It's an, an experience with um, a group of actors. Um, uh, some of them have more experience than others. And uh, it just sort of just starting to create a little cohesive uh, troop. It's just at the beginning of creating troops. So it's, it's kind of exciting, uh, good energy. And then the web series I'm on is called Deep Contact. And on it, I get to be two characters. I get to be Ginger, and she likes to fly the ass <laughs> out of a spaceship. And she's a grandma, and she's a slug. <laughs> and then I also get to be Nana, and Nana is the onboard computer. So I get to play two very interesting roles in this particular web series. I got to say you're good with the voice. Did you, have you trained anywhere for voice acting or acting in general? Not for voice acting. I, when I was a kid, I took a few acting courses and when I was 14, I was lucky enough to be able to take um, just a local little um, method acting course. Mm -hmm. But it was an adult course and I was 14 and I was very proud of that. But it and it was a lot of fun because I got to sort of plug into method acting and that way of just sort of putting on the skin of a character and Mm -hmm. and trying to embody the character. And it's a it's a very interesting way to approach that. um, That way that you feel a character and that you you, you interact with the lines because Mm -hmm. you're you're, it, it to me, it's a mental exercise. And you're always saying, well, why is this character doing this? And you start building out a backstory so that you can plug back into the lines and how you see it. And then you have your director telling you, well, I want it more that way. Well, how would you change that character? And how is this person different now when you're looking Mm -hmm. at it that way? And then, um, like, when I was younger, I I was part of the fandom uh, convention scene. And I did a little bit of well, it wasn't called cosplay back then, but then again, nerd wasn't cool back then either. <laughs> so I did a stripping gorilla, and I have people to this day who swear it was a guy in the outfit. Oh and, no! 
Yeah, you know, it was little old me. If you had to see me, it, it was basically I get up there, I do the stripping gorilla, and the convention we're doing is in late July. So the next show, if you paid attention, was me stripping off the gorilla costume with a friend running behind me, trying to get into that pool before it closed at 10 p.m. Because <laughs> all I was wearing was a skimpy little bikini because that's all you could wear in a gorilla suit. Yeah. <laughs> Those things are hot. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. They're killer hot. And um, as part of, as part of um, being in the convention scene, when uh, the year I was doing the stripping gorilla, um, one of the local conventions had David Proust, who was inside the Vader suit as a oh, guest. Oh, that's so awesome. I got, to, I, I, I got to, as as we were waiting for fans to come by, I was a volunteer. And I was, you know, kind of helping host around people. I got to sit down and talk to him about working inside a suit. So, <laughs> and how incredibly hot, and people don't understand how hot and sticky, and it's sort of, it's puppetry, basically, and how that kind of puppetry acting is just, it's not comfortable. <laughs> so you you told me a little bit about your background. Do you find that that kind of your personal experiences help motivate your method acting? I, I do. I've, I've had a very uh, dynamic, I want to say, personal experience. Mm -hmm. Um I, 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 I got into tech early, but I was a girl in tech when I was a lot of times in, when I was a kid, I was the only girl in the room and I was dealing with people who were saying, well, tech is a boys thing, but this is before uh, we got reminded that uh, computers used to be women instead of machines uh, before we were reminded, you know, that the only woman you'd hear of back when I was getting involved was be Ada Lovelace. And then you'd hear about no women in between that. So you wouldn't. That was before it came out that uh, I believe it was Hedda Gardner, uh, who was a famous actress, was also doing a lot of research. in, And uh, she may have been the mother of Wi-Fi uh, just from the research she was doing because she was she wasn't just an actress. She wasn't just a pretty face. She had actual scientific training and experience. And when she came over. She was, um, in a lot of ways, a double threat. She was this international actress who happened to also be mm -hmm. a, a, a scientist and somebody who could work on scientific projects. And not and people not knowing that that dynamic she had. It, it, it's an amazing dynamic. Wow, that's and very interesting. So you're kind of um, you're a jack of all trades. I gotta say, you do. You're a poet. You're a stand-up comedian, and you're an actor as well. What of those three do you find to be easier and more challenging? Oh, they're all really challenging. <laughs> um, they're challenging in their own ways. Poetry, I think it because it was something that I could sort of, I didn't keep up when I was sick, but I could dabble in a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, that my chops are probably better at that. Um, acting. It, it's getting back into it. it. It's the fun of it. It's it's the intellectual exercise of putting on the character. Um, and I have a little child care training, which actually feeds really well into acting because you think about motivation a little differently because you're going back to, okay, what childhood experience is making this person act this way? Mm -hmm. And um, But with stand-up, that's new. 
that's something I started um, after COVID with the COVID divorce. It's like pain plus time equals comedy. Well, I yes. had the pain and I had this ex stuck in my bubble for eight months. So yeah, yeah there's comedy there. <laughs> <laughs> comedy of error someday, but it's comedy. <laughs> what type of acting do you think you most want to pursue? Stage, screen, voice? Um, or a little voice, bit of everything? A little bit of everything. Voice is a lot of fun. Um, and being a technical person, it's fun to build up the equipment for me. It, yeah. It's I, I, my day job is IT support. Mm-hmm. And um, I've always loved computers. I've been in computers since I was really young. Gives me a different perspective on life. But yeah, just being able to build up that technical stuff and learn things like um, how to how to run a soundboard or, or how to tape something or, or how to do practical effects. It's, it's or even costuming, like, I just love all the like all those little intellectual exercises that come with creating uh, movies or creating a stage experience or creating the illusion. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of joy in that. I think with acting, we take a lot of joy in that. That can we create the illusion? Can we get them to buy into what we're selling? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. What would you say, who or what would you say inspires you as an actor? Um, who and what inspires me as an actor? Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's so much to that. It, it, and again, those, those are questions where you want to say, okay, this, that, and the other thing. But um, uh, growing up, I watched a lot of, of old movies. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you refer back to somebody like uh, uh, Lon Chaney and, and see what they could do with practical effects. But then you see things like uh, the the um, motion capture for like Gollum in Lord yes. of the Rings, and you go, "Well, I would love to play in that. That would be fun." Mm-hmm. You know, the, the the whole illusion of can you make the motions in that suit that the animators can just jump off of and create something beyond belief. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it it some some of it's you know the challenge of. When I'm doing my voice work um, right now with this cartoon, I'm not acting against anybody. I'm reading lines on a script into a microphone and yeah. I'm just trying to think how is somebody reacting to it. But mm-hmm. then um, doing the stage acting, it's you're up there and how can you make the audience hear you in this large space yes. when you're trying to pretend you're whispering? Yes. And then yesterday, a friend of mine who I do a poetry podcast with, um, called Hot Bottle Poetry over on Spotify. Uh, she's taping some vignettes for um, a, a work she's working on. And I was with her uh, yesterday doing some of the vignettes with her. And then it's about the energy when you're playing off of somebody and being captured on film um, to see if you can get that that play off, off the other actor in that space. Can yes. you create something a little different with those lines that you've been given can you stay within the lines um we're lucky enough we're allowed to improv a little and when you can improv can you find something really unique to to give her that vision that she's trying to get through in these lines can you find something to hit that nail on the head working with with the framework she's given you Mm -hmm. yeah I definitely feel like improv allows you to play around with the character a little bit which can be so much fun it, it it can be and um 
I, I, I was fortunate when we had the Fringe Festival here in St. John. Um, I actually, they had an improv workshop open to the public and I got up and I did improv for the first time. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. And, uh, and it's like, well, there's another thing I'd like to do, <laughs> but that bucket list is turning into like a barrel list. There's so many things on it that I want to try. And then I, I, I want to play around with, I've done a little of my own screenwriting and I want to see about producing some of that eventually someday. Cause you know, that again, there's other things that are fun. And when you're in one aspect of this industry, sometimes the other aspects just pull you here and pull you there. And mm-hmm. post-divorce, I've got all this energy and I don't know what to do with it. And finding a new way and finding a new me. Yes. Uh, that, that's a me without the person that I was with for 23 years. Mm-hmm. Um, who's this new person going to be? And there's that excitement of, uh, of relaunching a life. I, I love that. That's very creative and artistic. I love that. Thank what would you. you say makes you stand out from other actors? Um, a little bit of my technical knowledge. Um, mm-hmm. Like I like to try and learn more technical so that I can give a cleaner performance. And I mean, we always want that perfect performance. Yeah. But um, I, I, you know, when I, when I, when I'm going into things, sometimes I'm thinking about, as I'm learning about camera angles, I'm thinking, but so how best can I play to that camera? So it's getting the better angle mm-hmm. uh, as I'm learning about sound work. Um, how can I aim my voice in this space to give them a cleaner recording based on where that microphone is? Um, and, and, and I do a little, I I've done a little singing when I was younger and, um, and now it's pretty much karaoke, but <laughs> you get up there, you do that karaoke performance, but then you're, you're thinking about your voice and how does that play against um, the, this, the space you're in and, and that trying to be aware. Like, again, that's part of what method brought me was being aware of your space, being aware of what's there that you're getting to play with mm-hmm. and what isn't there that you're trying to have the people believe is there. Like if you, you you're holding an orange, Mm-hmm. in a method acting you might not necessarily be holding that orange but you feel the weight of it you can yeah. smell it if you get that scent in the air and can you plug into that uh illusion to the point where people believe that you're actually holding that orange that sounds very are you familiar with sanford meisner as all well? a, a, a little bit uh i i do need to do a lot more research and a lot more homework but again, that's part of it too. I've always been a book nerd as well. So you see, yeah, Sanford Miser on acting. That's one of my favorite acting books, but everything you're mm-hmm. saying reminds me so much of the way that Meisner taught. And that's, I like to use his method in my acting because mm. I find that it's like he's, his motto was to act is to live truthfully under imaginary circumstances. And yes, I feel I've that's, heard that quote. I feel that's very true. It brings something raw and authentic and truthful to acting, which is, how I hope to be in my career. Yeah. And and I think we all want that performance that moves somebody that um, brings them to some place they never thought they could be. Uh, What, whether it's somebody finds a way forward in their life, you know, there's always these great expectations. We want to be this actor that when somebody sees us on this, uh, on the, on, uh, on the list of people, it's going to be like Christopher, like, I want to go see him just because I know he's going to have a great performance, even if it's a crappy movie. It's, it's, it's going to be like, 
it's going to be a C movie because B movie is just giving it way too much credit. Yeah. But it's Christopher Lloyd. You're going to go out to see Christopher Lloyd. You're going to go out to see Brent Spiner. Yes. Yeah. They do these amazing roles. Yes. And, and, and you're never going to see a character like that again. But on the other hand, you know, you want to be that person who gets the amazing roles too, where you're, you're up there and, and, and you, everybody knows, well, it's a quality movie because, uh, you, you you've got um you know some some somebody who's the lead who's um i'm just even trying to think now. <laughs> <laughs> it, it used to people people would you know it's a barbara streisand movie it's going to be good yes. uh, it's a clint eastwood it's going to be amazing yeah um you know that type of we all we're all going for that um uh and and we're all going for oh it's peter jackson yeah i want to work with him he he's amazing or you know, oh, it's another Clerks. I want to be in that cult movie. Um, okay. and, and just the, the places you can go. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it's it's aiming for the stars and hoping you at least get out of Earth's atmosphere before you have to come back down into yes. reality. Absolutely. Um, who who would you want to work with one day? Like, who do you hope to work with someday? Oh, there there are so many. I mean, Me too, there's... Yeah. Yeah, that I mean, there are some of that. I, I, Brent Spiner, I think would be just amazing to find out how does he get into those characters, like mm-hmm. how does he do that? Um, uh, there are um, some some British actors uh, that I I'd love to work with, and I've always been a big fan of the British actors. Um, I'm just trying to think that some, uh, some of the the, the great really great like maggie smith i think that would be a, an incredible person the amount of knowledge she'd have or she's Carol a great Burnett, actor. yes or yes yeah like, just would be absolutely amazing to work with and and just to see but then there's the canadians you know from their perspective like what what is it like to to do that cross-border thing mm-hmm. um and, and and what is it you know um it's some of the greats from SCTV. Like I, I remember them growing up, and I'd love to pick their brains, um, just just to find out how do they think, like how do they they do that. But you you and and you've got your well, I, I like comedic acting because the timing yeah. there is such a challenge. Yes, uh, yeah. Dramatic's fun too, but comedic acting it is. If if you don't hit that mark just right, the whole joke falls apart. It does. True. It does. Yeah. It, yeah, but when you hit that mark, when you hit that mark, just perfect, and you and 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 you get that reaction. Like I did, not safe for work poetry, recently on yes. a show called The Bomb Show, and it was, I, it it was great because it started out with the title being not safe for work, but <laughs> I got got up there and I did this little singing bit to go into it. A little, it it's. Uh, it's eventually I'm going to have to refine it and record it as the theme song for our hot bottle poetry. Yeah. And it, it's just basically coming in. It's hot. It's hot. It's hot. Bottle poetry. Excuse me. And nobody knew what to expect. I liked that. I liked that little little jingle. Did you come up with that yourself? 
Yes, I did. It actually, um, in the poetry podcast, it came from a radio show. We did this little vignette. And the gentleman who runs the show what is called Chris Wanamaker. Okay. And uh, we did Chris Wanamaker's um, Hot Bottled Poetry. Uh, he's basically like selling poetry as if it were snake oil. And we did this little vignette off of it. And um, the, the women on the, on, on the poetry uh, radio show were all pretending to be his ex-wives and we wanted our money. <laughs> and, and, and this whole idea of hot bottle poetry sort of, it, it blew up to me. And I, I got the song stuck in my head, this little jingle. Yeah. And, I went with it. and then I took that up and got on a stage. And at the first time I used it was for WordSpring. And I got up on the stage, I presented three of my poems. And when you're getting up and you're presenting your poetry, you're in, in, in some ways, it also pulls into that acting mm-hmm. because you're presenting an emotion. You're not, yes. you're not presenting a character, but you are presenting an emotion. So you've got to make sure you do that emotion properly. And so then I went from that to this bomb show and I did this not safe for work poetry. And when you get up there and you do the title of your poem and you get somebody saying, what the yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, you hit it. You, you know, you hit the comment. Yeah. They had no idea what to expect. Um, and there's a lacuna afterwards. And I get into the character. I'm this sexy 50 year old woman getting up, up there doing not safe for work poetry for these 20 and 30 year olds. <laughs> and I'm going to give them a lesson in how it's done. <laughs> I like that. Do you ever find poetry to be like, make you feel very vulnerable being up there? Yes, very much so. Cause, um, well with poetry, when you're writing it, you're being vulnerable. You're being absolutely real. You're, um, I did a poem, um, talking about, um, poetry is cheaper than therapy because in therapy you got to pay money, but no, you have to eviscerate your soul. It's like acting. You're eviscerating your soul Mm -hmm. for an audience saying, okay, here I am. Watch while I dissect myself Mm -hmm. and make you uncomfortable or make you laugh or whatever the emotion is. Mm -hmm. And let's see what happens. Let's see what kind of experience we can create between us. And and yeah, I'm going to leave myself completely, um, not just completely vulnerable, but completely exhausted if yeah. I have anything left. And then you you get off that stage or you get out from in front of that camera and you're exhausted. But you've got all this energy now yeah. because you're exhausted. You're walking around with this weird energy exhaustion thing because you've, you've just given somebody everything you have. There's nothing left. Your tank is empty, mm-hmm. but you can't calm down. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because the, the form momentum of just giving your all, just putting it out there, it's just you're 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 still a momentum. You're just waiting for that little crash at the end. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to go somewhere and do something to 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 get to that crash. Otherwise, you're just lying in bed looking at the ceiling, going, "Okay, how many ceiling, ceiling tiles are there?" Yeah, your mind just won't stop. Yeah. No, no, it won't, really. it's it's still going. <laughs> And you're dissecting, and then after you're done dissecting yourself for the audience, you're dissecting how you dissected yourself. Yes. So it just gets self, it just like the self-referential wheels keep turning and turning and keep going further and further in. And it's just like 
no, no, you, you, you don't need to do that. Just get out of your head. <laughs> There's a way out of here somewhere. Rat, find the cheese and the maze. Daisy, <laughs> who are some of your favorite actors? Um, Hugh Laurie. Okay, uh, definitely yes. Definitely way up there. Um, I, I love the way he can um, move between cultures. Like, to me, Hugh Laurie will always be from Blackadder. So he will always be a British comedic actor to me. He will not be, I mean, he's House and he's amazing as House. I was going to say, I know him as Dr. House. Yeah. 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 And, and the number of people who I talk to know him as House. And I'm going, well, no. Have you seen Blackadder? And have you seen third season of Blackadder? And, or fourth season of Blackadder? And just the fun of that. And, um, you, it, and Lauren Chaney. You know, there, there is nothing like, you know, some of the old greats and how they did those practical effects. I, it just to him, the man of a thousand faces and that being able to transform yourself thing. Uh, Carol Burnett has always been on my list. Yes, she's a good one. It's just, oh, yeah. And again, I came to her um, when I was young as she did these the, these comedy skits the carol burnett show my the carol my, burnett show yeah my favorite one was when she came down dressed in that big green hideous oh, yeah. curtain and she couldn't yes. keep it together that's one of my favorites oh yeah and that that was always to me it's always seeing those greats making each other laugh yeah. and, and watching and, and and seeing the snickers because i i or, or or tim conway and harvey corman together i mean almost a master class in how to make the other guy laugh yeah and and how to how when to be the straight man and when to just leap off into into the total craziness and the craziness that they were uh jim carrey is amazing amazing actor great actor yeah and and you didn't realize it till and same with um same with robin williams until they got into the really serious stuff you did not yes. realize how amazingly deep these people could go like um robin williams in um what was it the fisher king um yeah. i i know everybody thinks dead poet society but then i think about you know the fisher king the, the, how far down he went and how deep he could get into that role um and and just how how great an experience it was um and and I mean, and there's there's so many wonderful um, actors out there, and it's hard to name them all, because it's true. You you run into them here, you run into like that, like I said, Brent Spiner. There there's another one that he just goes right into the character. Um, Christopher Lloyd. Um, some of my early experiences of Christopher Lloyd were in Taxi. Okay. Yes. And, yeah. and you watch Taxi, and there were so many great actors in Taxi. Danny DeVito in Taxi. Yeah, I I adore him in Taxi. I think he's hilarious. But I mean, when when you get to see them go down these roles, and then you get to see them talk to people, and you're going, well, that's a different person than I thought they were. Because once you've seen them go down that that rabbit hole, you're going, okay, well, they're different. Um, you know, Michael Myers, the way he does Great. like multiple yeah, characters, I, I love him. Yeah. Um. Uh, and um, Eddie Murphy, you know, when he did his character work back in the days of SNL um, and it just the Saturday Night Live. And I remember being a little a girl and I read quietly in a corner. My parents would go up to bed at night on a, on a Saturday night and I'd 
turn the TV on really low and I'd watch Saturday Night Live and they thought I was, I've been reading quietly in a corner. My brother had gone to sleep and they thought, and they just had forgotten I was reading quietly in the corner. I was one mm-hmm. of those kids. I'd be so quiet. Nobody would know. I was <laughs> so I got to, you know, watch TV in the middle of the night, watch old movies, which maybe a few of them I shouldn't. I, I watched a lot of the carry on movies a little younger than I should. <laughs> They're tame compared to nowadays, but. Oh, yes. But there was some fun in that and there was farce. And I think that's part of what drew me to acting is I really enjoyed farce. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoy that yeah, being able to pretend you're a character you're not, being able to put that on and just play in that. There's there's nothing like it. Spend a day in someone else's shoes. That's what I like to describe yeah, it as. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's not a vacation. You know, people look at, oh yeah, you're well, you're acting and you pretend to be somebody. Oh, that must be such a vacation from your life. No. <laughs> it's hard work. It's like we have to do a lot just to be able to mentally and physically prepare for that character. Yeah. And um one of the things that I've tried to do, um, when I try try to do character work, if I'm getting really deep into a character, I'll try and have like a piece of jewelry or um, and, uh, and the outfit that I wear as the character. And that's my touchstone. And if I put it on, I can go into character. Mm-hmm. But it's something that I might be retiring from my personal life. It might be this piece of jewelry that p- works perfect for the character, but I'm never going to wear it again unless I'm going into the character. Yeah. And then that way, that way with method, I could go so deep, but it's my touchstone. So I'll, I'll keep it. It'll be like a trophy of the character but I can never wear that again in real life unless I'm going out to be the character somewhere. If I'm not revisiting the character, I just can't touch that ever again. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And, and and it's because I've seen so many, like I've heard so many stories from greats like Ed Asner where they just get so deep into character and they can't get out. Yes. Yeah. And you, and and you get caught because you're, because on your off time, you're thinking about that character. You're playing yeah. that character. And if you're doing something like a movie and you're, I've, I've never been the lead in a movie, but if you're going to be a lead in a movie, you're going to be thinking about that character and being in that character um, mo- for most of your day for several weeks. So when you're not in that character, when you're on your off time, you're thinking about that character and the next move the character's going to make or yeah. how are you going to play that scene? So you're really in that character's head more than you're in your own head yeah. and then to, then you then you have that 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 danger that you're going to get trapped in there uh same with um jim carrey um you've seen a couple of roles where you see him doing interviews right afterwards and you're going he's still trapped there yes yeah he, he he's got to get out of that character because he's in trouble now um you know you you wonder how much that um, messed up Heath Ledger. Um, yeah. And 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 you and, and you get people who who just get trapped there, and 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 you're looking at them like you want them out because you want them in another character because they're so great. Yeah. But, but it, I, I I almost feel like they just as sad as it was for Heath Ledger, I just feel like it was it's just something that actors will do. Yeah, that's all they and, know. And, and 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 as much as it's a danger, it's a danger we can't resist because we know the danger, but we also know if we could get that far in, if we could get that deep, 
what an amazing performance we could do. Yeah. And, and, we're, and we're going, but no, that's danger, danger, stay away. Stop Will Robinson, stay away. But we're also going, yeah, but hey, what is there? How can, can we get there? Can we just go just maybe a little further? It's, yeah. You know, we've, we've, we've got our toes on the precipice. You know, maybe we can get the balls of our feet over and still balance on our heels without falling in. Yeah, absolutely. Have you ever had to play a character that was completely unlike yourself? Yes. What did you kind of do to help you get into that headspace of the character? Um, a little of it was, okay, what wouldn't I do? Um, oh. there, there, there are certain emotions that I don't, that, that I don't find authentic mm-hmm. in my real life. Yeah. Jealousy is one that it, to me, that's a stretch because I'm not a jealous person. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'll have a little envy now and then because everybody does. Yeah. But I would never be that person who would go out and destroy somebody just because I wanted something. Yeah. And to play that kind of a character, it's in some ways it's freeing because it's completely working this thing that there's a reason people go that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other hand, it's something that I'm not. So sometimes plugging into that, I have to come at it a different way. It's definitely pretend. It's definitely not Tracy. <laughs> but then again, there's the joy. Do you get up there and you do a character and somebody looks at that's not you. <laughs> and and can you do that? Mm-hmm. For me, I definitely think I'll use substitutions for situations like that. Like I think of a time where in my life where I maybe felt a similar emotion, like you said, envy. Mm. Like yeah. I would I would use that to my advantage. Like I'll think and remember of that time in my life. And bring it into the character to make it more honest. Yeah, yeah. And um, my natural response to anger is tears, which, yep. for, when you're doing certain anger characters, isn't appropriate. With there are some anger characters, you don't want it tears. You want it to be yelling at the top of your lungs and screaming and yeah, and that not good at. Um, I can do cold anger. But that's that's hard to plug into because the the emotional toll that will take on a person because cold anger is not an easy emotion. That's a a really hard one to crack. I agree, especially if you're channeling maybe a time in your life where you felt that way, you're kind of bringing up all these old emotions. So I feel like it's oh, going to yeah. be extremely hard to get out of that headspace afterwards. Yeah, definitely. And you do, you, you, you have to bring up those emotions that you have in the past. And that's, again, you're eviscerating yourself. You're going, I had this emotion when I was a kid and it was inappropriate and, and, and all that. But you've got to plug into that emotion and say, even though I had that temper tantrum when I was 10, I've got to relive that whole temper tantrum so that I can get that 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 pitch just yeah. right for this 30-year-old self-entitled person who's yeah. having a tantrum because you gave you put um uh you put cream instead of almond milk in their latte. <laughs> Where do you hope to see yourself in five years as a as a creative in general, like with your poetry, your comedy, your acting? Well, ultimate dream would be retire from the day job. Let, let, let's all be honest. We all want yeah. to retire from that, that day job we have to have. Yeah. Um, 
I would love for poetry and acting to be my retirement plan. That when I'm no longer um, on the other end of the phone, figuring out what's wrong with somebody's computer, trying to convince them that restarting the computer is a good idea, <laughs> which preschool teacher voice works really well for. <laughs> But, but trying to convince them that, yes, this is how computers work, or no, you have to accept the fact that it's not the company's problem, that your internet service provider isn't giving you good service right now. You know, work can't do anything about your internet service provider when you work from home. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, retire into it. Um, just, just lean into it, be able to you know, make a second living mm -hmm. and spend my, the rest of my life uh, exploring the joys of it as long as my brain and my body allows. Definitely, for sure. What, um, what are some tricks that you use to help memorize your lines? Um, read them out a lot. Read them out a lot. Um, memorization is, for me, one of those... Um, one of those things that I find more difficult. Me too. Uh, especially with my poetry, because I write my poetry down, so I don't have to remember it. Um, anything I, I write, it's sort of like, well, I wrote it down. It, mm -hmm. It's on a piece of paper somewhere. <laughs> but it, memorizing lines, trying to get them to fit within the timber of what is required of the role mm -hmm. is part of what I do. Think about why the person's saying that. Well, why is the person reacting this way? Mm -hmm. Then the then the lines make more sense, you know, um, because that's part of the whole the whole acting. Like some people are great at memorizing lines, but you tell them to change an emotion slightly, and they've lost the line, you know, because yeah. they're memorizing it. But to get them to feel that emotion, um, that's not where their strength is. I like to think my strength is finding that emotion mm -hmm. and that re and that repeating that line is one of the harder things for me. Um, and, and, and when I was young, I had to have the exact right line come at me or I couldn't, I went like when I was a kid, if you flubbed your line, I couldn't remember my next line. And as I've gotten older and coming back at it um, with more of a, an improv uh, style to it mm -hmm. you forget your line I can recover now um, and, and it's a muscle you learn and that's one of those things you have to learn how to do and it all depends on the project you're working on some projects every word's important every yeah. line's important and in other projects it's just the timber of the things when I was doing dinner theater the lines weren't as important as getting the idea across and the idea was yeah. I was creepy doll lady and as creepy doll lady, you know, I love Dolly. <laughs> and I got to chase my Dolly around because it was a life-size Dolly named Bucky, cousin of Chucky. <laughs> but it was perfect, except the hair. We had to do something about the hair. And just, you know, it was more about the timber than it was about the, the actual lines yeah see for me I find I don't like getting too in my head I focus on memorizing the lines themselves 
not Mm. specifically how I'm going to say them or when I'm going to say them, because I like to feed off of uh, Mm. my scene partner who I'm working with, because they might say it differently each time too. So I focus on the wording and if you can improv, sometimes I'll play around a little bit, but I find it's, it's just so much easier. Just focus on the words and then the rest Mm. will come naturally. I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's one of the things I love about improv is it just the, but it's the creating the character too. Yeah. I mean, and, and um, with improv, you're also working on these memes. We all understand. Like when I was playing the improv games, they were saying worst teacher and I had to get up and I had to go, Euler, Euler, <laughs> Euler. <laughs> but like everybody who's seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off, they're just like, yes, we know that one. Yep. And it's like, and and if they don't, then they then their friends go, oh, you've got to see this movie. Definitely, I I'm definitely working on my improv. It's definitely something I want to get better at because my acting coach he likes to throw a lot of improv into our scene work, and mm. I always feel so put on the spot and like the pressure is like I don't know what I'm supposed to say or what I'm supposed to do. So it's definitely something that I want to get better at because I feel like it does it does help a lot when you are given that freedom a little bit as an actor to play around with the character, help create the story. Oh yeah. Yeah. And um, you, you, there are some great scenes in movies, which were all improv. Yeah. And improv actors are notorious for being fun to work against and horrible to work against because you never know when they're going to throw you a curveball. Yeah, absolutely. Like, have you ever seen friends? Yes. So there's a one scene where Ross hands Chandler a lamp and it wasn't, it wasn't scripted at all. So Matthew Perry's reaction was completely natural. Like why, why did he just hand me? I don't know why he just handed me this lamp. Yeah. So I yeah. like seeing things like that. Yeah. And it's fun when you see them like thrown in there and a, a lot of comedy series did that. Like, um, like, um, like three's company. Um, classic and I mean the 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 physical timing on some of those things and 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 there was a bit of improv going on I mean you had some greats in there Don Knotts is hilarious um and and there's also you know MASH I grew up on MASH MASH was one of my one of my happy spots like I would my father would come home from work and he'd sit down he'd start reading the paper and then you'd watch MASH. And by the time MASH was over, supper was on the table. So yeah. I used to sit quietly beside him. And watching MASH was like this thing we did. And watching people like Alan Alda. And, and oh, and Jamie Farr. Oh, just the, 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 the hijinks and the hilarity. And, and some of this is scripted. And some of it's not. But, uh, and knowing it all starts in the writer's room, too. I mean, uh, the one nice thing about working on this... Um, web this um deep contact youtube series that we're just uh, launching like we just put out the pilot now and uh, we're working on episode two is i got to be involved in the writer's room and you oh, get to awesome. start yeah you, and you get to start doing the comedy ideas well i've got this idea and uh, well let's go off on 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 this tangent or that tangent or mm-hmm. you know, does that tangent that does this particular idea have legs that we can get four or five episodes on, or is that a good idea? But you know, that's just going to be, it. it's going to end there. Yeah. Um, and, and then it, and, and the writer's room, it's, 
the ideas you can come up with. And you don't know everything's going to stick and some things won't. Some things will never make it into a script. But the whole the the idea is that you can you can take these characters into these different dimensions and and what is going to be how the character comes out, you know, and is the character going to be a buffoon or are they going to be creepy <laughs> or are they going to be demanding or are they going to be pouty or, you know, uh, just, you, n- you never know. And then when you get the actor involved, they might take it in a total different direction than you even thought it could go. Yes. Uh, like there was one, you know, in what I think of computers, uh, you think a lot of people think uh, Star Trek with Michelle Barrett. Mm-hmm. Um, being one of these things that uh, for uh, some of us nerds were really um, seminal pieces, like uh, the fact that um, uh, we had Aurora on the on 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 we had Aurora in charge of communications on the ship. Uh, to me, was you know. Just another thing where, yeah, women are in the room. Women are in the IT room. It, to me, yeah. But I was brought up as me being good at math was not an odd thing. I didn't know that what girls weren't good at math till grade three. And some substitute teacher tried to tell me that. And I'm and everybody in class is looking at him like, he's got three heads because I'm the best person in the room at math. I'm the one people cheat off their test. Um, <laughs> I'm terrible at math. Yeah, it it, it came naturally to me. So, you know, for for um, for me, IT was just always what was there. It was part of my life. I got to play in it. I, I got to test voicemail before it was public. Um, so I had that beautiful experience. So being the older girl in the room was like, well, no, I'm just following in my father's footsteps. What are you talking about? Yeah. Um, and people saying, I never thought of like when I was in, I went back to university um, as a mature student. Because the first time I went to university, I washed out because I started my own business. Because um, <laughs> I'm weird. I do things like that. But I went back and I was in computer science. And I had somebody call me a gender trader because oh. I wore skirts instead of pants. I just prefer skirts. Yeah. And it's like, well, no. Um, I'm the only girl in the room here. In com- I'm taking computer science, an advanced science degree, where there are almost no, it's almost unheard of of women being in that, that profession at that time. Yeah. I'm like, I've spent my life being the only girl in the room in programming classes. Um, no, I just like wearing skirts. And then afterwards, having somebody come up to me and call me a hero because they, they were just graduating high school. They never thought they could get into computer science until they saw me having that argument because they didn't know women were in computers. I'm like, what? I'm, I'm, I'm just, it, uh, computers yeah. just have always been part of my life. What do you mean women aren't in computers? Yeah. I never really noticed that. <laughs> it's just, this is fun. I just, most of the people I talked to happened to be guys into computers. I didn't realize they were all guys. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. and I, and until she brought that to my attention, I didn't I didn't really think about it much. And then she came and she did computer science and she got herself a full ride scholarship at Brown eventually. But when we were both in the classroom, it's over 150 students. Mm-hmm. I say we were way too excited when the third girl walked in the door. <laughs> you know, you, you, the third female walks in the door and 
I'm 26 at the time and mm -hmm. she's 19 and we're just excited because there's another woman there and we sit in this clump of three women surrounded by guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I feel like even now it's still, like my husband, he's a software engineer. Yeah. So I feel like even now it's, it's rare. Like I've been to his company parties and there's maybe like, I want to say maybe like five women that yeah. he works with. And I just, I, honestly, I wonder why that is. I really well, do. Ac actually, a uh, funny story. Uh, part of it has to do with when they started to get computers to sort through resumes. Mm -hmm. They gave them resumes of the people in the industry. The people in okay. the industry are almost all guys. Yes. So, AI, uh, so, so the, um, well, we can call it AI. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as it sorted through the resumes, it started pulling out anything that happened to deal with girls. That's really unfortunate. It is an unfortunate. And it did this in not just the tech industry, but in many science, high science industries mm -hmm. that were mostly men. And then it did it the other way with, um, with, with men. Um, when I, before I went back to um, university, I took a childcare cert. Um, partly to prove to myself that I had the chops to do something academic. Yeah. Partly because I was fascinated by it and partly because I wanted to get eventually into educational software, which I never did do. But um, that childcare cert taught me a lot. We had one guy in our class. We had a class of, I think, maybe 40 of us yeah. and one male. And what he went through, like, he had to get full background checks before he could do any of the practicum work because wow. he wasn't allowed in the door. And then he wasn't allowed to work in any of the kindergartens. Wow. He had one practicum. He was, all of his practicums were done at the boys and girls club because he couldn't work anyplace else mm -hmm. because at the time there were just so many cases coming forward of men that had abused their position working with kids. So he was seen as danger. Yeah, yeah that's really And it was unfortunate for him. One but person also... will ruin it for everybody. It's it's sad. And it's unfortunate for children. Yes. Um, me being in childcare, I was the only one who came in in skirts. So, and, it, and it's just, it's a personal decision. Mm -hmm. But being able to, there was one practice I did for two weeks. It was in a church. Uh, it was in Pentecostal church where the girls are basically wearing skirt, like the, the, the young children, the, the five-year-olds are set, four or five-year-olds are sent to kindergarten sometimes in skirts. They yeah. don't know how to wear them. You know, they're, they're surrounded by people who are wearing pants all day in the kindergarten. So, and that's what they considered. Oh, you're working kindergarten, you wear pants, you wear jeans, because yeah. you're going to get up and down off the floor. Well, you can do that in a long skirt. You just don't wear short skirts. Yeah. So, here I am getting up and down in a long skirt and, and sitting cross-legged in a long skirt. And the girls are now learning. These little girls are learning how to move in a skirt in a way that they wouldn't know before because they just hadn't seen it modeled. They hadn't seen a woman in a skirt getting up and down off the floor, getting down there and playing Lego and blocks with them. So sometimes it's just they didn't see it. So once they saw it, they can start to mimic it. They can start to see that that can actually happen in life. And, you know, how do you plug in when you don't see somebody like you in that environment, in that yeah. room? You know, how do these little boys handle it if they never see 
you know, after school care, that there are no men involved that they can model that behavior. Um, you know, it, it and y you need that. It's um, how do my friends who are First Nations, how do they deal when they're they're in a profession where it's a sea of white faces? I mean, yeah. I'm from St. John de Brunswick. I remember when St. John de Brunswick was exactly that, a sea of white faces. Yeah. You know, oh, look, I have curly hair. I look ethnic. Um, <laughs> I'm not ethnic. I'm white. I am. I'm pretty typical North American here. Yeah. So, yeah. How do you how, how do you you deal in an environment when you're not when you don't see something to model to plug into? Yeah. And some of us are blind to it. And then there's others of us who who they need that they need that feedback. Absolutely. I agree. Well, Tracy, it was so lovely talking to you this afternoon. Thank you for spending your Sunday afternoon with me. You're welcome. It was a great fun to come and, uh, and talk to you about acting and, and a lot of fun. I love hearing the different points of views of like every actor I talk to is, is so different. I try, I try and word my questions differently every time. And I just love hearing everybody's answers are so different. And I just, I love hearing what everybody has to say. Well, that, yeah, it, it's, it's the joy of, um, it, not, nothing that's worth doing in this world is homogenous. It's all just this beautiful, um, interaction of chaos. Yes. I like that. I like that way of putting it. Yeah, for sure. So I hope you enjoy the rest of your Sunday and it was lovely to meet you. Lovely to meet you too. And you enjoy the rest of your Sunday and thank you to you and your listeners. Of course. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.